What's going on, guys? I'm Alex. And I'm Steve. And this is Black Series Rebels, episode TK421. Yes! yes! TK421, why aren't you at your post? Boom! Thank you guys so much for tuning in for another fun week of Black Series Rebels. We also have a quick announcement we want to make before we get into the show. If you live in the Southern California area, we're super excited to announce that we're going to be at DesignerCon in Pasadena this year, November 11th and 12th. We're going to be there with a booth. We're going to have tons of new pins. Tons of new pins. Like new pins that won't be online nope. for like months. Exclusives. So if you yeah, And exclusives you'll only be able to get at DesignerCon. It's going to be a blast. So if you live in Southern California and you want to come hang out with us and meet us, we'd love to meet you. We hope we see you guys there. Woo! I'm super stoked. We got a great episode today planned. We have Perry Nemiroff from Collider with us. We're excited for you guys to get to meet her. But until we get to the interview, hey Steve! Yeah, Alex? Man, what's going on this week in Star Wars News? Hey Steve! Yeah, Alex? What's going on this week in Star Wars news? Oh, nothing but a little BTS, Ooh. little BTS. USA Today. B Coming through with scenes. BTS <laughs> scenes. <laughs> like, a, like a salt and pepper, like really like kind of like groovy <laughs> BTS song. I'm I love feeling it. feeling it and I'm feeling the BTS. It was great, dude. I loved yeah. it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, it opens up. You got Ryan Johnson on set. You got a little, little Millennium Falcon blueprints. You got all these different Millennium Falcon sets and he is just talking about what it's like being a kid growing up with these movies playing with Kenner action figures using his imagination and there he is and my favorite part and I know it's your favorite part the giggle <laughs> oh my gosh I was just about to say in Ryan we trust but that laugh is nuts <laughs> Ryan Johnson has a crazy laugh it was that, like <laughs> dude I in watching this BTS and especially the footage of him just directing and having fun it was like it was like watching a little kid on a playground with a jungle gym playing pretend not and knowing anyone the... else is around and then all of a sudden digitally all of the jungle gym turns into like star wars ships and sets and he's yeah. just oh, I want you know so while, jealous. while we were while we, uh, I was driving here thinking about that BTS reel cuz I knew that would be the main thing we would talk about the big thing that kind of resonated with me, which is something that I didn't know that how much I liked, which is because we can't talk about what they just don't talk about what's happening in this movie or who's going to do what or who's going to meet what or what's going to happen in the plot. They really focus on the director yeah. or, and the people making it and the actors and their experiences. And that is something that I'm realizing how much I enjoy and how excited it gets me. So I thought this BTS reel, I actually think I liked it more than the Comic-Con BTS reel. I did. Yeah, because it seemed much more, it was less like ships, stars, Star Wars, behind the scenes. Well, that one, it was more, the first one was more like romanticized and just kind of like, ooh, a little foreplay, kind of getting you in the mood. But that's what the, yeah, I feel yeah. like the Comic Con. And then this one was like, we having fun. Yeah, 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 <laughs> totally. Yeah, I thought it was great. We're in that time now where, like, once a week, something's going to start coming out. Like, once this episode airs, it would be October 29th, I think, is when this episode will go up. I think so, yeah. Uh, October 29th, Sunday. And then, dude, we're in November. 
Like now we're a home month stretch. and a half out. Yeah, stoked. We're on the home stretch. But yeah, it's really cool. Um, days, a lot of the actors had little lines kind of describing Ryan. It was almost kind of a tribute to Ryan. Um, they all said in they Ryan all said we trust. Pretty much in Ryan we trust. You know, Daisy basically said, look, he's bringing these characters to new and unexpected areas, which <laughs> great. You know, John Boyega basically said the same thing. Um, <laughs> what I say are the three touchstones of oh, the Star Ryan. Wars. Ryan is so Ryan amazing. Ryan is bringing our characters so to great. new and unexpected places. He is so places. good. It's That's... so amazing. Um, but I will say this. Carrie Fisher had the best part. She basically was very sarcastic. It was like, look, Ryan has a lot of flaws. I just ain't found him yet. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, Carrie. Very charming. Yeah. Very charming. Yeah. Um, but what about that shot? My favorite shot in the whole thing was that shot of Poe sliding then into the bunker as that like so ski speeder, speeders ski crashing speeders crashing, and it was just like, ooh, can't wait for that scene. Yeah, Poe's gonna be doing some cool stuff. Yeah, I I just think all of them. I think Ryan is really showing that what he cares about the most in this story is the characters, where they go, how they feel, and what their purpose is in this greater story, mm -hmm. which is what a second chapter should do in a trilogy, and. It's just really showing. I was talking with a buddy of mine on the phone about Star Wars. It wasn't you. I'm sorry, buddy. It wasn't you. It was another buddy. Was it you, Cisco? It wasn't Cisco. I have another friend. Have you did? Can you believe it? I have another friend. Yeah, I know you have another friend, but outside of Black Series Rebels, do you have another Star Wars set? I do. We're called um, we're we're called uh, Mighty Mug Mighty Mug Buds. Oh, we, it's all Mighty Mugs. Oh, yeah. Oh, can you can you tweet at me sometime so I can follow? Uh, yeah, for sure. We actually, you know, we have we are we just gave out the Mighty Mugs crate, uh, nineteen thousand. Oh, well, <laughs> it's much more popular. Something tells than me show. you don't have cool enamel pins like our show has. Actually, I've just we've already released all of those enamel pins on ours. We did those like a year ago. I've been just bringing the ones that haven't sold from that show. So you're just doing this show now to appease me? Uh, it's tax write off. I just want to be able to buy Black Series and write it off of my taxes. No. <laughs> so my buddy... It's all uh, right if you're cheating on me, boo. No, but I mean, what we were talking about, which was really interesting, was this is the first time in my lifetime, and maybe maybe yours, you were alive when Return of the Jedi came out. I was a year old. Yeah, but you weren't old enough to. So for, in both of our lifetimes, to where going into a Star Wars movie... There's this certainty that it is going to be amazing, mm -hmm. right? The prequels, we're like, is this going to be good? It, you know, some people love them, some people have problems with them. So then, Attack of the Clones comes out, and it's he's going to get it right this time. He for sure got it right. All that Jar Jar stuff, he's going to get it right. And then Attack of the Clones, and some people don't like the romance stuff, and it's like, no way, man, this one has Darth Vader. This is it. This is the Darth Vader one. And Attack of the Clones, I mean, Revenge of the Sith comes out and people go, oh, okay. And they're like, oh, that's it. And then you find out it's coming back. And we're like, oh, God, I hope it's good. I hope it's good. So the whole lead up is just, I hope it's good. I hope it's good. And then Force Awakens is pretty well received. Some people don't like it. Most people love it, mm -hmm. right? And then Rogue One comes out. And what is it? Oh, my God, it's a standalone. I hope it's good. This movie has to be good. Comes out. It's pretty good. Now, we got two very pretty well received Star Wars movies, if not very well, box office and mm -hmm. critically. Then... Last Jedi is coming around, and we're all like, "It's gonna be great." We're all basically it's like, "This movie's gonna be amazing." Yeah, like, we're it's just gonna be great. We're 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 ready for this movie to be amazing. So it's really cool to live in a time 
where Star Wars is now like the next episode of Game of Thrones, mm -hmm. where you're like, no, oh, this is going to be tight, Ain't which no feels thing. really cool no, to be I'm... alive during a time like that. Yeah, and it's one of those things where um, also that's also part of the fun. It's kind of like Ryan said in an interview with Hollywood Reporter a little while back where it's the speculation and yeah. the wait. It's, it's all part of the game and the fun of being a Star Wars fan and the anticipation of a new Star Wars film. Yeah. Um, along with the USA Today uh, behind-the-scenes trailer, we got a couple quotes from him. You know, Ryan basically, they said, you know, um, they basically were talking about how, you know, when he first read the Force Awakens script, he was like, I, I instantly knew these characters. Yes. And I need to put them through a meat grinder. And they need to be separated. And not for the whole movie, he said, but, you know, I need to see them not have not being able to rely on each other. Which is parallels, yes. Empire Strikes Back, everybody relax, mm -hmm. keyboard warriors ready to be like, it's just going to be a carbon copy! It's not. But that's one of the things that makes Empire Strikes Back great, is mm -hmm. they all escape Hoth, and then Luke's like, peace, I got to go see this guy. I got to go see a guy about a girl. Like, I got to go meet this Yoda fella. Mm -hmm. And then Han and Leia are like, we have to escape the Empire. It's just really, it's it's right. It's the right thing to do. But I still, I think it's going to be, to, to quote any actor doing a Star Wars BTS reel, he's, we're going to go to places that we've never been before in Star Wars. And Ryan is just the greatest. He's just the greatest. Such Ryan, an artist. He's an artist, yeah. What <laughs> uh, else we got? Well, there was a couple other quotes. Uh, he basically said that, uh, you know, Finn, um, what it would, must be like for Finn now that he, like, was like, no, I don't want to be a part of this. I'm shedding that Stormtrooper outfit. I'm getting out of there. To now, like, having to go on a mission, clearly in the photos. Yeah. Back, putting on an Imperial suit, back to where he was like, nope, not coming back, and sort of how he deals with that. Um which is interesting because when I first saw Finn in the First Order, I was like, okay, they're going undercover. I didn't really think about what that would mean for Finn to put that suit back on, which is, in Ryan we trust, it's mm -hmm. smart. No, absolutely. Really? And it's clever. It's a, yeah. Along with that, we got a little little, little action where it's showing Rose and, and Finn in uh, Imperial Guard and, and someone who looks like a possible uh, Academy Award winning actor that's in the movie. Yeah, we might have got a little shot of Benice walking with him. Let's not describe the shot in yeah. case there are some folks that want to be totally clean on Benicio del Toro. But yeah. it's not a spoilery yeah. thing. But no. we, you got you got our first look at him moving around. Yeah, just take a look and, and, and keep an eye out in that background. Um, yeah, there's some other stuff. Go check out the USA Today article if you haven't. Um, it's pretty... It's pretty rad. So, the other thing we got going on this week is it's another new double episode of Rebel Season 4, Episodes 3 and 4, titled In the Name of the Rebellion. What are your thoughts, pal? I thought these two were much better than the first two. Uh, the Saw dynamic is really cool. It's nice to see the Alliance come together. It was very interesting, the stuff between Ezra and Mon Mothma. Uh, the Kanan and Hera stuff was fantastic. Um, I was talking to uh, someone on Twitter 
I only I don't know her actual name because her name always changes to like Spectra Three or something. <laughs> but I know she cosplays as Hera, so she's a okay. big fan of Hera. Sorry, I don't know your Twitter handle. Uh, cosplayer as Hera, Spectra Three or Spectra Nine or something. Um, big Hera fan, and I tweeted and said, "This is the first episode where I was like, she really like Hera. Hera might be my new favorite character on the show." So it was really cool to sort of feel something new for a character that for me was always just kind of there mm-hmm. and it was really cool to be like no this is actually a really great character yeah i kind of touched upon it last week um it seems like everyone's really taking on these leadership yeah, roles for sure um and so i'm really excited to see where this goes it was really cool to see yavin four and and sort of where where's radar where, gun guy yeah we're slowly catching up we're 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 catching up to, to radar Rogue gun guy. one and Goes home to his wife. Remember Radar Gun Guy? Oh, I I remember Radar Guy. If you guys haven't just... seen that episode, it's a Radar Gun Guy. Oh, oh no, no, I'm not gonna do it. No, no, no. No, all the night, all of Perry Nemiroff's nice fans. <laughs> I don't want to be like, oh boy, this show's really crass. Um. So yeah, and then lastly for this week, it's a pretty short news week. But lastly, BoxOffice.com is predicting that the Last Jedi is gonna have a 215 million dollar opening basically making it the second biggest opening ever should it happen right behind The Force Awakens and just above Jurassic World. Wrong. What do you think? What do you think about that number? Wrong. What do you think it's going to be? Higher. How high? I would say like... You think it's going to beat Force Awakens? What was Force Awakens? Force Awakens was 247.9 million buckaroos. Close. Here's what I'll say. If it gets bad reviews... It'll be somewhere in the 220 to, to 30 range. If it gets amazing reviews and they can start putting stingers like best Star Wars movie ever, better than Force Awakens, you won't believe what happens. And they do a really good job of saying like, you all saw Force Awakens, you love Force Awakens, this movie's better, that movie makes upwards of 250. Yeah, you know, I think it's also really important to say there's really not much... There's a lot of stuff this time around steering real clear of that opening date. Yeah. I mean, last time around we had the uh, Amy Poehler, Tina Fey sisters movie, which was good counter-programming. Um, uh, Rogue One had Assassin's Creed, yeah. uh, this which one, got wrecked. This one, I don't know the name of it. I know there's like a little kid's film, and I'm not quite sure of what the other thing is, but it doesn't seem to be that big a high profile like a Tina Fey. I know Disaster Artist comes out. And it's not, I wouldn't say it's counter-programming, but I will say I think disaster artists will benefit more from being present when Star Wars is there Mm -hmm. than Star Wars will be affected by disaster artists being there. Absolutely. But as for what I think it's going to do, I'm really conflicted. I I think 215 sounds like a good number, but I obviously want it to be higher. I think it'll be higher. um, I think it's a modest, like... It's modest. I, I, I'm going to say 237. All right. I'm not great at this game. Neither but am I. I'll say if it gets good reviews, like I said, no, upwards of 250. If, it, if not near you, if it gets just okay reviews. If it's like 95 plus on Rotten Tomatoes, it'll smash Force Awakens. For sure. Because the hype will be so crazy. And the repeat viewership on one, like a fan will go again. Three, four times in one weekend. I mean, I'm going to. Even if the movie's just okay, which it's not going to be. Yes. 
It's going to be great. Also, one last thing. We actually did get a cool new photo this week of old Grumpy Luke chilling in what looks like a tree stump with his little his little uh his little countertop with his little like library books of like the Hardy Boys and You know what? You know what it made me think of? It's like a college student on a date with a girl that he likes for the first time and he's trying to seem like sophisticated. So he puts his six books up on the bookshelf and he's like, "Oh, oh. I have The Lord of the Rings, the first 3 Harry Potter books and The Game." What's the game? It's a technique to pick up on women. Like, oh, disregard uh, Ramona the Pest. Yeah, don't, yeah. Oh, and, and, yeah, and the bear and the big red strawberry. My mother read it to me as a child. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was like a bookshelf made out of cinder blocks and two by fours. Like, totally, like, right behind it is a vinyl collection yeah. that we can't see. And Luke's like, it's and my like vinyl the lava collection. lamp that's not working. Yeah. Ray's like, oh man, you're really sad. He's like, what do you expect? I'm an old dude living here by myself. Never don't married. judge me. Possibly never married. Well, we we don't know yet. Uh, is that it for this that's, week? Star Wars that's that's pretty much pretty much it, my friend. So uh, this week we don't have a review, but we actually are going straight to an interview. Uh, we were lucky enough to sit down with the amazing Perry Nemiroff of Collider Video and just talk about her fandom and get to know her a little bit better. And it was fantastic meeting her, and we're really excited for you guys to get to know a little bit more about her Star Wars fandom. So with that being said, let's take it to interview. All right, guys, our guest this week is the awesome Perry Nemiroff of Collider Video. Hi. Yay. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, my gosh. Thank yes, you. Thank you. This is yes. actually a very big moment for us. Last well, week. well worth the exciting drive over here. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a pleasure. It's an honor. Um, last week we had your coworker Ken Knapsack on. This week we've got you. I feel like we're getting, we're becoming official sweaty. We are. Yeah. <laughs> like I it's think official. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so know how I can follow up Ken, but I'm going to do my best. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? The, yeah. the comments are already lighting up about how <laughs> yes. much they like you more than Ken. Leave in the comments yeah. how much better Perry they, they is. They just than can't Ken. tell the difference between me and Ken. We look so much alike. Yes. That's what it is. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. So we always like to start every interview off with a very mm -hmm. simple question to sort of get to know your fandom, which is. What is your first memory of Star Wars entering your life? My first memory of Star Wars is my dad getting the VHS box set of episodes four through six, and I can vividly remember the two of us just sitting on the couch together watching all of them, because he's really the only member of my family. My family loves movies, but he's the one who will at least be open-minded with anything sci-fi or supernatural. Mm. My mother and my sister take a little more convincing, so that was just that was always our thing to do together. Did it resonate with you that young as being like, this is something I really love? Or do you just remember seeing it and then sort of growing into it later? I think it was a, a slow and steady growing into it. We watched and rewatched them pretty often. It wasn't until, I'd say episodes one, two, and three came out that I started to realize that the fandom kind of existed. Because I saw all three of those opening weekend at the theater where there were people lined up and that was kind of my first experience of not just watching Star Wars with my dad but experiencing it with a whole group of people out there who loved it mm -hmm. and that's kind of when it started to get infectious and feel like that was an important defining yeah. franchise in my life and especially as a moviegoer and a movie lover too. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up your father too because the more like Star Wars starts to come around Christmas time, I'm starting to notice that one of my favorite things about it 
is seeing it with my dad. Mm -hmm. Like, I love my father, but there's something about, like, I called him, I have our Last Jedi tickets. Are you ready to see it? And he'll fly out here. Like, my dad plays golf. He's like, <laughs> we're, we're not, like, we're not similar, but there's something about Star Wars. Mm -hmm. It's like that thing that you can connect to anyone over. Yeah. I, I had that with, uh, with both my parents, with Force Awakens and then Rogue One, because especially with my mother, I'm always nervous because, you know, I know her taste and I don't know if she's going to like it. I have a good feeling because both <laughs> of them were quality movies with great characters that I think anyone can connect to, but I wasn't quite sure. So being able to share those movies with her and having her walk out and tell me that she loved them too, that just, it, it made me <laughs> so incredibly happy. It's like I knew my dad was fine, but when my mom loved him and when my sister loved him, I'm like, this is why this is so special. Yeah. Do you feel like Force Awakens opened up a new, like, world of fandom for you? Or were you, like, already, like, knee-deep into EU Legends and all that stuff by the time you saw the prequels? I don't want to give the guy too much credit, but when I met Christian Harloff, that's when I kind of jumped in in a new way that I never had before. I'd always been a really big fan of the movies, but mm. no, I never touched any of the EU stuff, and I never read a single canon book until, I'll never forget this just because it was so important to my transition from New York to LA, but I had come out here for a week just to meet the guys before moving was even on the table, and what I left that trip with was uh, Lords of the Sith. Oh, and wow, okay. I read it, and I fell in love with it, and then I asked him for more, and I got a list, and then when I moved out here, because I had lived in New York my entire life, my whole family's there, I'd never lived far away from my family, and you know, whenever you go away, there's homesickness there, and... Especially L.A. I, uh, well, L.A. has a special power of making one very homesick. A little bit, yeah. and also because, you know, where I live in L.A. is much quieter and calmer than New York, so not having the bustle around me all the time, it's, it's those quiet moments where you're like, oh, Oh, like I miss this mm -hmm. and I started to fill that that silence and that void with Star Wars audiobooks so it's been very important to me to be mm. able to you know wake up in the morning not have silence put on that book before I go to bed I'll listen to more book and it, it's been really important that's awesome so you, go Sorry, ahead no, no go ahead Arjay, you brought up a collider and Christian uh, what's it like to wake up every day and get to talk about Star Wars. I think I'm the luckiest person in the freaking world. I just, I still can't believe I do what I do now. <laughs> just because when I had graduated college, that's when I started doing the whole movie blogging thing and I was loving it, but you're always looking for the next thing and the next thing and wondering, you know, who, like, who do I want to strive to be? What place do I want to be in this sphere? And it's weird winding up in a place that I think is kind of the best case scenario. It's just, it's an office full of people I love. We produce shows that I'm so incredibly proud of. We talk about things that I love all day long, nonstop, whether we're doing shows or just hanging out. And really, I'm not just saying this because we're talking on camera <laughs> right now. I work with the greatest people in this business. That team is just, they're, they're great colleagues. They're super talented and they're my friends. I love them all. It's awesome. It's really amazing. Now, you you said your parents have, are great cinephiles. I wouldn't go as far no? to call them no? cinephiles. They're they're very into pop culture. Like I could talk about you know TV, music, and movies with them, and they they know their stuff. But they they watch everything Collider too. So now they're very in the know. <laughs> oh, so she, they have she has her own patty. 
Yeah, yeah. Your mom calls like, do you think Ben Affleck is going to stay as Batman, Perry? What my, is going to happen? My mom, in particular, is very well informed. She will probably watch this show. Yes, she, yes. she watches everything, and she knows, and she gets it. And it's what fun to be Mrs. able to Nemeroff's talk about. Name? Well, well, I, I casually say, refer to her yeah. as Mama Nems, but Mama Sherry, Nems, that's perfect. Sherry, that's so funny. you can call Sherry. Sherry. She, she's, she's wonderful. She's <laughs> the best. I, w- I wouldn't be doing this without her support, and she really is just the most supportive person in my life. <laughs> that's funny. Ever since we started the show this morning, in fact, I got a text from my mom from like comingsoon.net or something of like the 50 things you didn't know about Star Wars. <laughs> and then she called me and was like, I saw this and I just, I knew you would know everything, but. Um, how did their pop culture, um, not obsession, but knowledge, influence you going towards this business that you're in now? Well, I was lucky enough as a kid to be able to watch anything that I wanted. Mm. I probably saw a few things that were a little inappropriate for a kid my like? age. but. I, well, I have vivid memories of my mom taking me to see Scream in the theaters. I was, Tight. you know, probably nine at that time. And a nine-year-old shouldn't really see <laughs> Drew Barrymore hanging from a tree with her guts falling out. But that was the moment mm-hmm. in my life where it wasn't just that I loved horror movies. I started looking at them in a new way where that moment and seeing that movie kind of defined my specific taste in the genre. And it just showed me that that's the kind of movie I'm going to gravitate towards. But mm-hmm. We, we watched everything. I mean, every single night when I came home from school, obviously I did homework, I was a good student, but we would all just sit in our living room together and watch TV shows and have that to share. And really, almost every weekend, we would go and see a movie. I mean, I'll never forget seeing Jurassic Park, which is my favorite movie of all time with my family. Yeah. Ooh, that was a good one. I remember Jurassic Park yeah. very vividly. I think it, like... Eight, the first time I remember I'm watching something I'm not supposed to be watching was Terminator 2. Because <laughs> as an eight-year-old boy, the thumbs up, just tears. Like, yeah. why is Terminator dying? Why are they killing the Terminator? Just, like, can't grasp what's going on. Oh, and, uh, and mine was Working Girl. Well, then. <laughs> so Yay. I just aged myself a little bit. <laughs> but, hey, Harrison Ford's in it. Yeah, true. Pretty much. It's canon. Working Girl's canon. Yeah. Definitely uh, true. So... You've, so you've been in L.A. now for, you were saying, about a, a, year, a year and a half. half. Yeah. Uh, I just want to ask, how do you feel about Los Angeles? What I like it. Yeah? I like it a lot. Uh, my life is clearly very defined by my work, just mm-hmm. because also, you know, we do something that blurs the line between work and just casual entertainment. So the fact that I came out here and I loved my job so much made a really big difference. Also, I had gone to film school in New York, and when that whole class that I was in school with graduated, almost everybody but me immediately moved out here. So when I came out to L.A., it was like reuniting with friends that I had had a couple years ago, and Mm. I missed them. So even though my family's not here, and that does make me a little sad... I have so many people out here that I love, and the weather, I know it's the most cliche thing to say, but I will tell you, when you wake up in the morning and you know it's going to be sunny and warm every day, it, re- it instantly makes you happier. Mm-hmm. So you don't miss the snow. I like the change in seasons. I wouldn't say, all right, so when you're in Manhattan, snow is only cool the second it falls. 
because then all of a sudden it turns into gray slush. You have intersections where it looks like concrete, but it's actually like a knee-deep puddle of mush. That happened and to me about a year ago. I, I don't miss that at all. <laughs> I don't miss, uh, especially because I had grown up on Long Island, I don't miss the power going out every time there was a storm. Mm. No, no, I guess I don't miss it at all. <laughs> also, I visit enough that like I can have my little taste and then come running right back here. So does that mean Perry's here to stay? Perry has no intentions of leaving anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My heart will always be in New York. That is my favorite that's place. Fair that's enough. that's where home base is, mm -hmm. but I'm pretty happy out here. All right. So you went to film school? I did. What did you what did you specifically study in film school? Was it directing, screenwriting? Um, so the cool thing about the program that I was in was for me at least cuz I was in the producing program, the producing program was 3 years and the first year they encouraged anybody whether you were on the producing, directing or screenwriting track, we all had to do the same exact course load. So cool. every single one of us went into our specialty with the knowledge of all three areas, which I think made a huge difference in that program, especially when we were supposed to, you know, the producers were producing something for the writers and the directors. Everyone was kind of on the same page, and I, I had a great time. I don't know if I would want to direct. That was pretty traumatizing for me, but <laughs> eventually I did get through it. I was proud of some of the stuff I made, and then once I hit the producing stuff, I was pretty comfortable. Yeah, now, now you, sorry, but now you've, you've actually produced a film. I have. A feature Child film. Child Eater, yeah. Child Eater. Child Eater was the feature version of the short, which is of the same name, that we made as a thesis film in that program, and the director and I are our best buddies, and... That's actually the person I was referencing before, before we oh, even yes. started taping. Mm. But he is he's super talented. We made Child Eater together right after we graduated. And then he actually just made another film. It's called Rift, and it's on the festival circuit right now. And it is crushing it. It's really good. I feel like I've is heard it like of a it. horror really movie? Really good, yeah. It played a Fantastic yeah. Fest recently. Oh, okay. So does that mean we can expect to see more Nemiroff-produced productions? I would never say no to that. Collider is my full-time job, though, and... Producing takes a significant chunk of your time away, mm -hmm. so I'll always keep that door open, but probably nothing in the near future. So to bring it back to Star Wars a little bit, when you first saw a movie like that on the small screen, big screen, were you like, I want to know how they make this? Was it like the BTS? Was it the special feature? Like, what was it about it? Because for me, it was like, I don't know, just the awe of it really drew me in. Were you just like a technical fan when you were young? Or? When I was young, it was definitely more story and concept mm -hmm. driven. That's that's what got me into it right off the bat was, I mean, it was fantasy and it's, it's fun fantasy. And I wanted to be like Leia. I wanted to be like Luke and all that stuff is probably what drew me in at the beginning. It wasn't until I was in college and I did my first digital filmmaking course. This is before I did that other program. I just did a course for fun mm -hmm. that I really started to get a under, an understanding of what it takes to make a movie. Yeah. And whether you're talking about a, you know, a conversational drama or a big production like Star Wars, it is fascinating how many hours and how many people go into just making one scene. Yeah. So that it wasn't until that point that I started to get into the behind the scenes stuff. But now that I am firmly into that, I mean, I said it on uh, this week's Jedi Council, really, as much as I love trailers, I think I get a little more excited by the behind-the-scenes <laughs> featurettes now, especially because with Star Wars in particular, the featurettes aren't just about, look at how we did this cool thing. It's, we love this just as much as you do, and when you pair that with a behind-the-scenes insight into how they make things happen, plus some footage, it just all comes together in a way that lets us share that, that joy and that enthusiasm yeah. together. 
It also, too, kind of humanizes the process, those behind-the-scenes reel. Like, I felt the same way when this uh, USA Today mm -hmm. thing popped. I was like, man, he looks like he's having fun. Yes. That, it, that's so important. Yeah. Like, I... We always joke that JJ looked like he had aged. He looked like, exhausted. He looked so natural. Obviously, obviously, the pressure on yes. JJ Abrams and Forrest Wiggins, but you could tell by the end of Forrest Wiggins, he was like, "Later, yeah. like I'm, I'm going home. I'm gonna sleep. read. I'm gonna <laughs> sleep." Whereas Ryan Johnson, I feel like he's just like, like in a gentle jog, just all the way. He seems like a really chill guy. I was telling you that I had interviewed him before, and. He just seems so, he seems so thoughtful and, and kind of calm. And when you have a calm director on such a big production especially, that, that sets the tone. I mean, the yeah. director is the captain that steers the ship. It's true. And it, their attitude trickles down to everybody else. Yeah. Too funny. Okay, so that's your love of cinema. Now, we're the Black Series Rebels. Okay. Now, you don't have to collect Black Series, but we're going to have to get a little bit into... Yes, please. Are Collecting. we a collector? Not a collector of Black Series. Okay. I appreciate it. I've spent many years covering Toy Fair in New York City, and oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't love going to Toy Fair, but there's certain things that I really love, and it's anything Star Wars related and anything Lego related. So, and Lego. you know, Le Lego does have a lot of Star Wars products now, so that was always interesting to me, but really just the Black Series in general and just how detailed all those designs get and really sitting in particular, I'll rem I remember sitting in the Hasbro presentation when they would just unveil the new figures and, and slight differences in characters that we've had before but mm -hmm. we'll see new iterations of. It's, it's something else. If I had the space in my apartment to, <laughs> to put anything beyond all the insane amount of pop figures I have right now, ah, I would probably is. collect there a little more so, than I do. So what, 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 is, what is it that Perry, like, when it comes out, she has to have? Which pop? Which is, is it a pop? It, anything. I, I have to have rules now, which is a problem. So <laughs> the two things, three things actually, that I do collect are Funko Pops, Vinylmation, and Mondo. And I won't let myself buy anything of any of those lines unless, one, I love the movie and the character, and two, I like the design. What's your most prized Mondo? My most prized Mondo is my Jurassic Park Mondo. Oh, it's so Jurassic cool. Park Mondo, it. yeah. <laughs> I missed well, out on them all. <laughs> I, I picked up this print when they did the uh, the release of a whole bunch of them mm. for Jurassic World, but I didn't want a Jurassic World print, yeah. I wanted a Jurassic Park print, so that's what I bought. But. I've got quite a few. I've got too many, so many that some can't be on the wall, and and that upsets me. So mm. I have to pace myself a little. You do like? A, are you like a, a gallery where you rotate? Do you re? Do you kind of recurate the apartment as? A little bit. Yeah. I'll switch things up every once in a while, and it's like now that I have uh, my little set for my YouTube channel, I'm mm -hmm. trying to figure out a way to be able to move things around. Right now, I have an attack the block poster, which isn't Mondo oh. on the set, but. I need to, I don't have enough things in that size that fit in that spot. So if I buy any posters at this point, it's probably going to be things to rotate that. Hmm. You said Attack of the Block. I just watched just Attack of the Block last night. Is that your first time seeing it? No. It oh, is okay. so no. good. It is and so good. It just highlights how good John Boyega yes. is because when you compare Finn <laughs> to his character in that, it's just night and day. They're two completely different people, but they are so, both so cool for different reasons. Trust, fam. Trust. Oh. Oh, I remember like, I don't know what you're saying, but I love it. <laughs> trust fam. I trust you fam. I trust fam. Oh my gosh, Attack of the Block. I have a little, uh, I don't even know what the correct like term is for the monsters, but you know the artist Alex Pardee? 
Yeah, yeah. So I have a little attack the block Alex Pardee really? print that is just like suit. It's just like this big like black thing of hair yeah. and then just like the blue teeth. It's mm -hmm. awesome. That monster design was on point. Yes, it it's was. Like, that just goes to show you don't have to get super crazy and detailed. Sometimes when you just have some sort of uh, ominous figure with a with a pop of color, it's believable, it's realistic, but it's cool looking and you don't have to go down that hole of having crazy CG nonsense. Yeah, which which Star Wars creatures do you love? Which ones do I love? Uh, I veer more towards droids than I do okay. creatures. Mm -hmm. Dro droids have my heart because, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I love Funko Pops, so I like cute characters, and I had that problem with BB-8 that a lot of people gave me a hard time for where all I did was have one shot of him in that teaser trailer, and I'm like, I love that. I don't. I have the same problem. Okay, creatures. I have the same problem with porgs right I was gonna now. Say, are you part of porg nation? Yes, I'm part of porg nation. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, you you bet on a good horse with BB. Yeah. I, like he is my maybe my favorite part of the porgs. And it's Force the greatest thing. How cool is that? That I got so into a character because he was super cute looking. But then, I mean, he wound up being super cute and functional in the film. But he was so pivotal to the plot. Yes. It's a character that is actually. A valid part of the team, a necessary part of the team. I don't think porgs are going to be used to that extent, but I do hope that we see something beyond them just, you know, chirping and being cute or chewy eating one. Oh please, I, I hope I hope they've got to have a good solid like. He seems to really be playing with this idea of like Buster Keaton and comedic relief. Like we were talking a little bit a couple episodes back about how funny Yoda is mm -hmm. in Empire Strikes Back, and I really hope the porgs can because I don't think Luke is going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> like Luke's not gonna particularly like be eating yeah. his hot dog, like putting on an act that he's really like. Although let's be honest, wouldn't it be amazing if she hands that saber and Luke goes, "I'm not Luke," and he like starts doing a Yoda impression and bounces out. I could see that in like a deleted scene or a blooper or something. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Okay, so we want to get to the heart of Perry's Star Wars fandom okay. with our lame Inside the Actor oh, Studio Star Wars yes. questionnaire. So Steve's going to rattle off some questions. These don't need to be one-word answers. Okay. We can get sweaty with it, but if it's just like, that's my favorite, we can move on. Cool? Cool. Let's hear it. What's your favorite Star Wars film? My favorite is A New Hope. I, I <laughs> tend to veer that way with franchises in general where I have a very special attachment to the thing that started it all and I just love how pure and simple that plot is and how much I instantly loved every character the second they hit the screen. Has it, when you were a kid and grew up watching it, was that always the case? Um, actually no. I think maybe when I was a kid if you had posed that question to me and made me choose I would probably say that but there were elements of the other I mean you know I was a kid and I really liked Ewoks because they were cute and cuddly and I could have toys of them mm -hmm. and you know uh, Empire was a little darker so that was probably the one that I rewatched less at a very young age but I think still back then I probably would have picked A New Hope alright what's your least favorite Star Wars film my least favorite is Clone Wars I don't like that animated movie. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Curveball. Yeah. Curveball. Yeah. Curveball. Love and it. the first one to uh, say such. Really? Oh, yes. Yeah. We get, I think Attack yeah. of the Clones is number, like, always. Um. Same area. <laughs> Same area. I think, so I don't think that the prequels are the greatest movies ever. Mm -hmm. I think there's some pretty significant flaws. Back when The Force Awakens came out, I actually, for, uh, 
I was at Collider.com at that time. We did a series of videos where it was, you know, episode whatever in three minutes or less, and I was the one responsible for cutting it. And that was one of the first times in a while where I had really mm -hmm. looked at, like, I, I was inspecting every scene. Because when you're cutting something like that, you're watching things over and over, and it's just, oh, the, like, simple things, or at least simple things now, like the green screen work, and, and the performances are just so flat at points. It's, it's frustrating, but I still think the prequels are extremely entertaining and engaging, whether the performances are flat at points or not. There's also great ideas. Mm -hmm. They're great ideas where it, it shocks me that some folks out there say, oh, I wish the prequels didn't exist. I wish they would just, you know, no way, make, no. The, yeah. make those um, legends and then, you know, we'll remake them all. Like, no, there's great ideas that still resonate in every single new film we get now. I would never want that. And I, I enjoy them. What turns you on about Star Wars? What turns me on about Star Wars I think what turns me on about Star Wars most is just the battle between the light and the dark and how over the years, especially recently and with the books, I'm, I'm clearly very into the books, where nothing is black and white anymore. So I think what turns me on most is that gray area in the middle that mm. kind of addresses, you know, why someone would feel okay being part of the Empire. Yeah. You like so you like playing with that idea of balance. That seems to yeah. be the big thing that's coming Which with is, Last Jedi. Is like, what is balance? Yeah. Is it, you know, as a kid, I always thought when Yoda says balance in the Force is the dark side is obliterated mm -hmm. and it is then purified and it becomes balanced again. But that doesn't seem to be the direction we're going in now. Which is like, no, both sides have to exist and how do they coexist? Peacefully, it's really interesting. That's one of the reasons why I'm so excited for Last oh. Jedi. I'm so, I'm just beyond thrilled to be able to explore that more. When this airs, I think we'll be like 45, 40, 45 days away. Like 46 or 47. I can't. I <laughs> so cannot close. believe how close I we know. are. I have so like my, my 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 like months are divided by events. It's like okay, cool. We got Halloween. Then we got Designer Con in Pasadena. Then you know it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. Then we got Davud in town. My girlfriend's brother. <laughs> Davud and I are gonna be chilling. And then it's December and it's Last Jedi. Like, it's like I have the weirdest sort of system in place to get through it. So you're probably gonna go to screenings of the Last Jedi. I. I would hope Maybe. so. I'm always afraid to get ahead of but myself and then that invite won't come and I'll freak out. But do you but already have tickets? No. Okay. No. Um, I'm going to see it first in whatever form I get screening invite-wise uh -huh. and then I'm probably going to wait and go home and see it with my family again after awesome. that in theaters for the first time. But, I mean, really saying that, if I feel like it opening weekend, I might go just by myself and get a single seat somewhere and just sit through it. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. So what turns you off about Star Wars? What turns me off about Star Wars? Very, there's very little, I mean, like, I can't pick a character. And, like, I guess maybe people pick Jar Jar or something with a mm -hmm. question like that. But I, th I think the execution of Jar Jar is ridiculous, but... I most certainly don't hate the character, mm -hmm. and I think there's some moments of levity where he deserves just like the tiniest bit of credit. I think I think the only thing I could ever say I don't like saying I hate. Anything. Well, no, not no. <laughs> this, but this is this is what turns you off. So it literally could be anything from the amount of green screen to some form of fandom to a comic, but it doesn't it doesn't necessarily need to be movies. I guess it what be, yeah, it what be I probably old hate. Figures. It could be bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> I think I hate maybe 
any extreme negativity or extreme skepticism as we move forward, especially in the past couple of months when, you know, one movie loses directors and has problems Perfect and reshoots. Perfect example. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would be stupid not to think that, oh, you know, this runs the risk of maybe the movie not being as good. As good. I'm not completely blind to all that, but... I don't like the doom and gloom and, and any hate that would arise <laughs> from that that is directed yes. at the folks behind the film because it's it's an important movie. It is it is just a movie. They're human beings. So when, when people lose respect in that sphere, I think I think I get frustrated with that. Which seems to be very much a product of the internet now. The internet has yeah. definitely sort of fueled the ability to overanalyze. Like, because I mean, I guess what? 15 years ago, it would have been like in Star Wars Insider magazine. Oh, something's changing. Mm-hmm. Eh, no, like, eh, it's already probably fixed. It would have been buried deep within chat yeah. rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not everybody yeah. signed up for social media. Um, but this leads us into what is your favorite Star Wars character? I have a hard time with this. There's no wrong answer. Um, I think I'd have to go Leia. Just because, you know, I I grew up for a mm-hmm. period of my life when she was the strongest female character on screen I had ever seen. And I think that's only increased with her role in The Force Awakens. And now what I know of her from the books, especially the most recent Claudia Gray book, mm-hmm. I mean, really, I mean, the more I think about it, because when I was talking about it with Ken, I think he firmly made it his favorite book, even above Lost Stars, and most of the time when we talk about it, everyone's like, I love Lost Stars, the best. I think the more I think about it, that book is really striking a chord with me, just in terms of her going from her, this kind of goes back to the gray area thing again, where you actually get to be in her head as she processes something, and she'll do things that she thinks she has the best intentions, like, she's doing something good, but without considering the potential repercussions if she's found out or she gets caught or something. Mm -hmm. And that book explores those kinds of situations in ways that are very different from how they're explored in the movies. And I think it's going to enhance that character in Last Jedi. And really, I want Last Jedi to be so, so perfect for that character above all else. All right. Now, we did kind of touch on it a little bit. You did say Jar Jar. Um, But who's your least favorite character? And it's least favorite. Least favorite. You don't have to it's, hate, you don't have to hate it. I don't have to it's hate just, them. It's just one of those things where you're like, that could be better. Or like that guy really annoys me. Or... Um, well, you know, Jar Jar annoys me, and also because as I'm blowing through all of Clone Wars, there's some episodes where where Jar Jar is really poorly used to the point of being ridiculous, and <laughs> that that upsets me a little. And I I guess I was I was probably part of the group that was disappointed in Phasma, but there there's another book that I just read recently, and there's no doubt that having read that book, I am going to rewatch Force Awakens, and I will look at her with some more knowledge, so that's good, but at the same time... You shouldn't you, have to read a book you shouldn't to fall have, in love Exactly, with and, yeah. you know, I, I just don't think it helped that they yeah. built that character up in the promotional material, and, you know, with her doing interviews, too, because she didn't amount to all that much. She just looked really cool. Don't be having yeah. a slow walking through a cool cave yeah. if she's in that movie Well, and she's a minutes. fantastic actress. Yeah, you she's know? so and good. It's like you want to see her just chew up that scenery yeah. and, and be given something to do. I'm actually... I'm. I put it down, but I was on vacation recently, and I'm I'm this close to finishing the Phasma book. It, and I don't really read the Star Wars books. It took me a little while, but once I got into it, mm-hmm. now I'm really into it. And when you see what you see in the in the trailers for Last Jedi, that means yeah. more now. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the fun sort of imaginative part of the questionnaire. Okay. 
Um, if you could have any job in the Star Wars universe, mm. now mind you, this doesn't necessarily mean actually in Star Wars. This could be working on Star Wars too. It could be oh. anything. People answer both ways. Mm -hmm. If you could have one job in the whole Star Wars universe, what would it be and why? Well, if we're talking behind the scenes, I would probably pick producing a Star Wars film just because I know that that is my skill set. I could be good at that. Sure. I would want to make a Star Wars film above all else. I have more fun with the other side of the question, though, and trying to figure out where I would land in this whole universe. And I, I mean, I wouldn't be a bad person, but I'd probably get swept up, especially having read Lost Stars, I'd probably get swept up in the idea of the Empire and just mm -hmm. the, the structure of it all and rising the ranks, like achieving a goal and getting to a new part. And really, when you hear how things are presented to them, they think they're doing the right thing yeah. to better everybody, which isn't the case. I just think that I would probably thrive in that kind of structured system, at least until I realized what was really going on. <laughs> you'd want to, your job you would want to be is experience the empire for a bit, realize this wasn't what you there wanted you to do, go. then rise the rank. You just want to rise in all the different yeah. ranks yeah, yeah, yeah. of all the different I armies. <laughs> I, I want to see what every single level of like a Star Destroyer or, or even the Death Star is. And then I want out. <laughs> yeah. And then I want to serve in the uh, head over rebellion. To Yavin. Yeah. Well, you'll head over to the Yavin and you'll be like, all right, guys, check it out. Check yeah. it out. This you're, is how they so, do things. So your structure here, well, actually, you don't have any. <laughs> so I'm going to help you here. That is why my mind goes that way because I look at that sometimes because especially with what's happening hmm. on Ruffles right now, like, come this on, is a mess. get it together. Come this on. Nemirov gal, she kicked out Saw Gerrera. <laughs> she made us park yeah. our Y wings over uh, here and our X wings. Oh my wings god, over that here. is what I would do too. <laughs> New uh, management. <laughs> uh, what job would you not want to have in the Star Wars universe? I wouldn't want to be uh, like a like a junkyard boss like Ankar Plutt. I I mean, <laughs> just Body. having that kind of job in that terrain, I think would suck the life out of me. It would I be a very efficient run junkyard, but... It would. <laughs> I would need to feel to like I was needed. serving some sort of purpose, and I, I don't think I would have that there. And, I, and the food doesn't really suit my taste there you either. Wanna, what do they call it? Like a, I think they, they call it a protein something. I don't know. I don't remember. It looks like kale that you put water on that turns Anything into bread. Anything that's reduced yeah. to a just a portion. A I, no thank Ugh, you. Portion. It's structured. That's true. I think that's taking it too far, though. Uh, what color would your lightsaber be? Orange. It's my favorite color. Ooh. I don't. I don't really know what that means, but I feel like you know, if I was able to manipulate a kyber crystal, that's probably what it would produce. That's pretty cool. Orange is a good one. Have we seen an orange lightsaber in the prequels? I don't think so. Rebels? Maybe in Clone I don't, Wars. I don't think cartoon. it's. I don't think it's canon, but I think there is some Jedi in in the extended oh, the material that. Had. Yeah. All right. All right. So, last question. Don't try to make sense of it. It can okay. be silly. You're on the bridge in Cloud City. You've just been, oh, you were fighting Vader with your okay. awesome orange lightsaber. <laughs> Things were going great. You cut off your hand, fell down. Bye bye, orange lightsaber. You're hanging on the bridge. Darth Vader can say one thing to Perry Nemiroff, but except I am your father. Uh -huh. What is Darth Vader saying to you? Makes no sense. The first thing that comes to my mind. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's my natural response to anything like that. Hold on to your butts and <laughs> she just falls quote. down like, oh, I guess he was right. 
Thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys here. for having me. This was a lot of fun. For all of our people watching at home, where can they find you online? I am on Twitter and Instagram at PNemrov. I'm on the Collider Videos YouTube channel, and I have my own channel too, so you can look that up as well. We'll put all the links in the show notes. Guys, give Perry some love. Have a great night, and may the Force be with you. Thanks for checking out the show, and if you liked what you saw, remember to hit subscribe. And if you're listening to us over on iTunes, please give us a five-star review. If you guys want to support the show, you can check out our merchandise shop. Every order that we sell goes right back into helping us make this show. And remember, tell your friends. May the force be with you.